0: What a day for Pitt Athletics. Friday was UNC goes down at the Peterson Event Center and Pitt wins a stunning Sun Bowl. Let's talk about it on today's episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome in to another episode of the Locked on Pit podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. As always, I'm your host, Nick Faribault, and We have so much to talk about in this game for Sun Bowl action, for UNC action. This was an unbelievable game that just never stopped. It was an awesome game to watch in terms of action, storylines, everything you wanted so, before we talk about the Sumble, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, folks. Wow. Um, <laughs> this was a game that I was very open about when I talked about it yesterday. And I said, I didn't expect them to win this game. Um, I really didn't. This was a game that, to me, was really tough for Pitt to completely get going, and to see them overcoming Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet. Now, Zach Charbonnet didn't play, and I thought that was something that when you look back on it, is actually a very significant factor. But listen, TJ Harden was really, really good in this game um, for UCLA, too. They got production out of the run game still. Uh, DTR didn't do all that much on the ground, which I think was a really good testament to Pitt's defense. But let's just start off with the, the big storyline of the game to me, and, and that's Nick Patty. I mean, and this is all about loyalty and, and what the, the program is about, what college football is about, right, a fifth-year guy that – gets his second start, um, his, his second full start after getting hurt last year in the Peach Bowl, right? This is his first real start against a legit Power 5 opponent where he's completed a full game. And boy, he came up and looked really good. And and he comes up with the big plays when they need him the most. I mean, this game, man, for Nick Patty, at some points it looked like he didn't have it. At other points it looked like he was – He should have been the starter this year, right? And we're not going to get into that debate because I don't think anyone wins um, by getting out of that debate, and I think there's a debate for both sides. But really, when we're talking about this game, Nick Patty is, is one of the biggest reasons they won. I mean, his actual toughness and the rallying of the troops, if you will, in the late moments, the key moments, the weighty moments, it's something I know quarterbacks don't have. And, and that rare information that you have from that quarterback, that is absolutely huge. And Pitt found that out very quickly, that Nick Patty had some stones on him. He took a lot of big hits, but he kept getting back up, man. And I, I think he showcased some really good arm talent. He made some real throws. He did not care. Um, about where he was throwing as long as it was on time. And he was and he thought he could make any throw. He was a gunslinger here. And and the bad, the bad play of the day for Nick Patty is obviously the pick overthrowing Mumfield in the flat there. But you look at that last drive, especially, right? You had dominated that second half. Nick Patty was really good in that. They leaned on Rodney Hammond a lot, but he was so good at commanding them back into the game, too, on that 95-yard drive after the Tyler Wiltz pick. And he stepped up in the pocket, made a great throw to Bub Means, made a nice deep throw to Bub Means. He should have had them winning this game. Jared Wayne's drop is a little enlarged in that aspect. But anytime they needed a big play, it felt like this guy made that big play. And (laughs) no timeouts. You have 34 seconds left, and you don't blink. You just go. I mean, that's really what Nick Paddy did. He didn't care. He just went. And I thought that in particular really was impressive, man. I mean, we are talking about a guy that absolutely should not have had the fortitude, the confidence that he should have had in that situation. It is a rare sight to see a guy come in there unfazed by what had happened in the game prior and just come in and do that. It really is. It was something to see. And every bit of it on that last play was exactly why Nick Patty brought that easy-to-root-for type of energy. I mean, nothing there at the 40-yard line. He had knifed in two throws to Jared Wayne and then Bub Means on two plays before, and then he just runs, breaks a tackle, and falls forward. Unbelievable, man. Feels so good for Nick Patty. Uh, You know, just being here for so long, it feels good for the guy to finally have his moment. And you're super excited to see uh, that for Nick Paddy. Ben Saul's as well. I think that's the other big storyline of this game. There are lots of other underrated storylines I'm going to touch on throughout the week um, as as I kind of analytically look at it deeper. Um, But just these big storylines right off the rip, man. How about Ben Saul's? Where you went from talking about Ben Sauls as having to be replaced or why was Sam Skarton not kicking to, does Pitt have an NFL kicker on their roster right now? Like legitimately, Ben Sauls was ice from pretty much that Western Michigan game onwards. He was unbelievable. I mean, he was unbelievable. Five of five and in the biggest moment, just right into the wind, perfect. Dude is nails. You have to be excited about that. Ben Sauls, whatever he did, man, it, be, becoming a kicker in college, high school, whatever is not easy. That is a mental position. Just about as much as any position on the football field. That was huge. And this pit team just has character because I talk about that mental fortitude. Obviously Ben Sauls had it, but so did Nick Patty, right? Throws the pick six. They're down two scores in the third quarter. Well, how do they respond? Uh, He's just going to go down the field, get him a touchdown. Pitt's defense is going to come out, play really well, get to Dorian thompson robinson force him to throw some picks, and they are just going to go with it, and Nick Pay is going to capitalize on all of it. And listen, Pitt should have had this game wrapped up before it was. It wasn't pretty, right? It wasn't perfect. It was far from perfect, actually. Uh, This game probably should have been wrapped up long before it actually was um, with the Jared Wayne drop, and then you had the missed – Exchange between Hammond and Patty, and some foolish calls you had down the stretch from from Pat and Arduzzi But this was a, a game of mental fortitude and perseverance, and, and a character game for for Pitt, in my opinion, uh, in terms of the roster construction and and facing a really good team with minimal wallops outs. Right, they were missing Jack Charbonnet and they were missing Cashmere Allen, but outside of that, they had everybody. Um, and, and so this is a this was a largely fully loaded. Um, team that they went up against in UCLA, a, a top 25 team, and they get a huge win and they're going to be ranked now. And, and I think we can overlook the implications of that 20 wins in two years with the first time in 40 years. Uh, and, and then you have that top 25 finish that's going to be coming. Um, so I, I think that's huge for Pitt uh, in the aspect of everything. It, it's really, especially with the 2024 recruiting moment, I think that's big, um, but let's talk a little bit more about the defense. And I want to get into Pitt basketball, because this is, this was a statement win for the Pittman's basketball team. First folks going to let you know about NHTSA because folks, you could be hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, but folks as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you got to call for a ride, but Nope, you think you live nearby. So you think you can make it okay. It's no big deal, but folks don't do it. Don't drink while driving and it could get bad in the holiday season. It only gets worse than it is throughout the year. Folks, drive sober or get pulled over. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe. Plan a ride to get ahead. Make sure you have all of that planned out. Folks, drive sober or get pulled over. All right, everybody. Let's keep talking about this sudden pull in the dramatics about it all. I know that everyone's happy about uh, putting DTR down too uh, after the the trash talk and the headbutt the Marquez Williams, which has just been a entertaining specter, if you will, uh, on Twitter all day. But this defense played really well. I, I mean, you want to talk about fortitude and and really stepping up to the plate? Yeah, that's what happened in this game. It really was fun to watch Pitt come together. As a team, and even as they were getting down, and even as DTR and the offense just carved them up for the entire first half, to come back and do what they did in that second half was was something else, right? And, and for the offense to pick them up in the first half was something else. I mean, all of this came together to make Pitt. A really heady team. And on defense, I'll tell you what, it was the story of, of halves for a lot of these guys, right? For the D-line especially. Um, Because the D-line didn't do much in the first half. And they, they were kind of out of it. Um, But they just pinned their ears back and got after it in that second half. David Green had a great game. Deion Hayes, I thought Samuel Galolo looked good in his limited snaps um in this one. I thought a lot of the young guys looked good. Elliott Donald looked good to me. Um, I like, obviously, the, the older defensive linemen that they have on the interior, Danielson, Green and Bentley are solid, as always, um, but that's not surprising. But the young ends, I thought, really started to get some pressure uh, on Dorian Thompson and eventually Ethan Garbers. And the linebackers largely flipped the script, too, right? I mean, Brandon George uh, struggled in the first half, missed a few tackles. But second half, man, he played a lot more disciplined. He looked ready to go in that second half, made a few really big hits on DTR, filled in those run lines very nicely. I thought that was a really nice response from him. Um, And you look at at Bengali Kamara, man. I mean, he was really bad in that first half. And then the second half, he was lights out. I mean, we're not just talking about (laughs) good. Uh, We're talking about this guy flashing his NFL potential. And I've long believed, and I've I've said that before on here, that there's a breakout guy, it should be Bengali Kamara. And I think that is very, very true. Uh, he continues to prove it. I think this year was a learning experience for him. I think next year, Bangalore, like the sky's the limit for him. Uh, Tyler Wilts and Shane Simon were very solid. I, I still like Solomon the Shields. He'll get a, a bigger role next year with Tyler Wilts graduating. Um, but I'm very excited to see what Solomon the Shields can do uh, moving forward. I think he's really got some potential um, at the star linebacker position, money wherever they put him. Um, and so you look at the defense, man. They stepped up big time. The secondary, too. MJ Devonshire with the pick. Marquez Williams uh, really held it down in the second half. PJ O'Brien and and Javon McIntyre were really fun to watch. McIntyre, man, looked good. He was everywhere in this game. He was really good against Miami. That's where we really saw the first kind of sprinkles of Javon McIntyre into the game plan. The more you watch him in this game, and and I haven't even fully watched the game back, but when you keep watching Javon McIntyre to show up, man, he was special in that game. In that second half, he played his – Balls off, man. What a game uh, for Javon McIntyre. Guy was really, really, really good in this game. He looks physical. He loves contact. He's a big hitter, and he's a ball hawk, and I think that's been the biggest thing. man. He is a playmaker right from the jump, so I really, really am excited to kind of see what goes from there. Plenty more to talk about um, in this game. Ronnie Hammond was really good. Kanai Munfield had his best game of the year. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about more of that on Monday because I want to wait before we really dive into the minutiae. But those are just some of the takeaways. I think this was a really good win for Pat Narduzzi's team. I think it showed the character of this team. I think it showed the depth that he's building in the program. And, and you know, Deuce has his warts and he's petty and, and he puts his foot in his mouth a lot and what he says, right? And, and you see him get blown up on social media all the time and over NIL and all that stuff. But he is very Pittsburgh, and he's loyal to the team, and he's getting the most out of them that he really has, uh, that any coach has, to be quite honest, since the Dan Marino years. And that says a lot. And it's recruiting, it's developing, it's holding up that standards, building a culture around your team. He's done it so well. Um, and I think that's really the big thing to look at is Pitt is the right coach here. Um, and, and Pat Narduzzi is not a perfect coach. He's a, largely, to be quite honest with you, this is a guy that runs you up the wall a lot. And he ran you up the wall in this game too. wasn't perfect from Pat Narduzzi in any retrospects, But he is a coach that fits Pitt, and he's going to get Pitt where they need to be for right now. And, and I think that is the discussion, right? He's brought so much stability to the program. And he's given the program that kind of, Lifting that they needed and so Patnerduzzi is the perfect coach for Pitt right now, and there's zero reason uh, to think otherwise. And then, so two straight seasons where you go finish ranked. I mean, you're going to take that every year, uh, as far as I'm concerned for Pitt, because it can be this program, but they can be a lot worse too. And and, and Pattonarduzzi is starting off with the recruiting momentum in 2024. Hopefully, he continues to carry, and if he can, we'll see what happens. But let's switch over to basketball here, man whew, this was a game. Uh, I I thought that you know I I thought the Sun Bowl was anxiety inducing, but this one might have been more so. Uh, just because of the end of the game where it looked like, oh no, it's pick blow this. it was it was tough. You had so many flashbacks of what could easily happen, right? But this game really proved Pitt to hang with with those with the the real talented pedigree teams of the ACC. I don't think there's a single game on Pitt's schedule from here on out that they cannot win. Will they beat Virginia? I'm not going to predict that. Will they beat Duke? I'm not going to predict that. But can they? Absolutely. I think that is very much proven at this point. Pitt plays a good game of basketball day in, day out. They can win. And and you look at this team – and they get diverse scoring from different players each time they go out on the court. And that has been something to me that has really stuck out in a good way. This pit team does not just rely upon one same guy every time they go out there. Usually a different guy that steps up every time. I think that's a really important distinction here. Jamari Spurton was the guy in this one. What a game for Jamari Spurgeon. I mean, 14-17 and 17 from the field, 31 points, and he just was more physical than North Carolina in this one. He was amazing. Uh, it's just one of the best performances I've seen at the peak, and I legitimately believe that. Um, I, I don't care if you're throwing back to DeWan Blair and all those guys and Sam Young and Julius Page and all of these players that I can name through the Dixon years. This is one of this goes up with any of them. This was a phenomenal performance by Jamarius Burton. He put the team on his back. He realized what he could do. They were crashing on the three-point line. They were trying to run Pitt off the three-point line, and Burton just punished him. And it wasn't just against, you know, their worst defenders. It was against Leaky Black. It was against Armando Baycott. It was over Pete Nance. It was against Demarco Dunn. It was really impressive to see what Pitt did. Um, in this game, and Jamaris Burton in particular is such a fun player. But you look at their last five games, and, and Jim Hammond of, of Rivals Panther there pointed this out, they have five different uh, leading scorers in the last five games. You had Greg Kelly against Vanderbilt. You had Nelly Cummings the next game, then Fede Federico the next game. Then you had Blake Henson against Q's, and then you had Jamaris Burton to, to tonight, um, that night. And then, and then you look at Henson, too, you know, really largely for the game was off uh, for most of the game. Just could not hit the shots. He's only 4-4-teed. Four from the field this one, but he hit a huge shot. LA Cummings hit a huge three. Pitt only shot 20% from downtown in this game. That is probably their worst shooting performance from downtown in just quite a long time, probably since they were in Brooklyn. Um, but they came out, and they got good looks down low, uh, and they. this is a grown-up game for this Pitt team. Um, I mean, Fede Federico is a young dude down low. He stayed out of foul trouble against Armando Baycott, registered four blocks, gave him really good rim protection, and he was really good defensively in the second half. They frustrated Armando Baycott enough to where Baycott could not take over this game. Yes, he had 22 and 13, but he didn't take over this game. They frustrated Caleb Love. Leaky Black didn't do a ton offensively. Uh, Pete Nance got off hot. They shut him down for the most of the game. RJ Davis ended up being a high-volume, low-efficiency guy in this game. And they really started – off hot from downtown. That was the key for North Carolina. Is that North Carolina shot six of thirteen from downtown. They finished seven of twenty-two. Um, so that was really important. I think Pitt's defense really hunkered down uh, there. And, and and I'll say this. You know, Greg Elliott didn't have his, his game in this one. One of five from downtown. Uh, really wasn't playing that well defensively either. And Nike Sabandi came off the bench, game twenty-four huge minutes in this one. And then Fede Federico was out of it a little bit in the first half when Baycott was really taking over. So the ESGram twins came in and gave him five key minutes. I mean, that was team basketball right there. And I, I think that's huge. And I think Pitt proving that they could win this one without the three-point ball is specifically huge. The turnovers were really down. I mean, they only turned the ball over eight times in this game. And that, in particular, stands out above the rest to me. I mean, you only turn the ball over five, eight, you know, eight times, and you only three times in the first half. I mean, that was the key out of this game. Pitt took care of the basketball. 14 assists to a uh, 29 buckets. They got some iso-action with Jabari Spurton, who allowed, you know, off the screens by Federico. They got really good team defense, and they crashed the boards much harder in the second half. I mean, the first half, they lost the boards battle 22-12. to In the second half, they won it 21-16. to That was a huge shift to me in this game, being able to win on the boards and get four offensive rebounds. That's one of Pitt's best attributes this year, has been able to get those offensive boards. It might be their best attribute, period, as a team. And they really were able to get that, and they turned in the se- seven second-chance points uh, in the second half when they only had two in the first. Um, so that was really big for Pitt. Uh, throughout this game. They shot well from the free throw line. Um, They just made the key shots when they needed to. But they played really well as a team. And Jeff Capel has himself a team. And that is really important when we're talking about aspirations. Coming into this huge stretch that Pitt is having, where you have Virginia, Clemson, Duke, uh, right back to back to back. Well, they've won one of the key of the four games already. They're going to have to win one more if they're going to keep being in that discussion, right? But this showcase, they can do it, and they really can't. And Pitt continuously gets guys stepping up in big situations, and they're learning, and that's the biggest thing. Pitt's learned from their mistakes, right? They learned from that Vanderbilt game. They should have won that game. That was a really tough loss. They should have won against BCU. Two games where, in the late moments, they could not close, and they could not win. Well, two straight games now, back-to-back, when you have Syracuse coming on to you strong and you have North Carolina trying to come back into it, Pitt closed the door enough to win. And they learned from it. Even against North Carolina State, you can point to that, right? Where, you know, North Carolina State tried to go on runs, but Pitt just kept punching back. I think that's the thing. Pitt doesn't get completely lost in the sauce anymore. They did against West Virginia and Michigan. They haven't had – that happened to them since they've been popped in the face. They were popped in the face multiple times against UNC. This game could have gotten ugly quick and they never let it. They never let it. They always were there with it. And every time UNC brought something, Pitt came right back with it. And they had those runs and they started making the key shots down the stretch from three that they were missing. They had open shots and they started to make them and they really started to defend the perimeter well to um, in the three point range. So, Pitman what is one of their worst shooting nights, beats the top 25 team. That's a really good sign because they're not going to shoot this bad every day. And they're going to need to really shoot well against Virginia to win that one. Um, but listen, this is a really good sign. This team's cohesive. This team has a lot of positives. They have definitely have warts. Um, there's no doubt about that. They have their warts. Um, but this team is really coming together 3 and 0 in the ACC. They're going to have to win one more of these next three games. Uh, if they win two of the three men that we were talking about NCAA tournament, uh, right there with them. Um, But if they can win one of the two, at least in my opinion, they need to leave, at least leave Pittsburgh probably winning one of Clemson or Virginia. Um, I, I think that then we can talk about them even more seriously Um, before they head down to Cameron uh, for a really tough game uh, against Duke. But. What a game for these guys. I'm what a day for Pitt Athletics. Uh, just reflecting on 2022, man, it really was a, a great year for Pitt Athletics in terms of the fall campaigns, right? Volleyball goes to the Final Four. So does men's soccer. Women's soccer goes to the Sweet 16. Um, it feels like men's basketball is figuring it out. Pitt football with another nine-win season. Um, top 25 finish impending. I mean, it was a really good year for the, the athletics department. So, Pitt's really starting to figure things out, and that's a very, very big positive. On Monday, let's break down more of the Sun Bowl. I want to break down the minutiae, talk a little bit about next year's implications. We'll get into that a little bit deeper on Monday. But, folks, as always, have a great New Year. And as we ended here, as always, hail to Pitt.